Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Wonderful, beautifully done. And uh, that scripture memory there, I'll tell you, you hide God's word in your heart, it'll always be there. And so... I appreciate that tonight, and I just appreciate the opportunity we have. We have various people and families and different ones involved in uh, the Lord's work here at Shining Light, and we all should encourage one another and pray for one another and be thankful for what we can all bring to the Lord's work as we serve the Lord together. And I want you to think with me tonight about serving the Lord and about certain realities and challenges we have Turn with me in your Bibles tonight to the book of Zechariah. It's one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament, shortly before you get to the New Testament. Zechariah. I want you to find your place in chapter 1. As we study this book of the Bible, we're going to find that the focus here is on Jerusalem, which is named some 40 times plus in this book. The key text we find is in Chapter 1 and verse number 14, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. Think about the zeal of God and of God's servants for His people and His place. We should have a zeal for God like we heard about Jesus in John chapter 2 today. A zeal for the Father's house. The reason we don't have a zeal sometimes for God's house is because we don't have a zeal for God. And so we have to understand the correlation there. A zeal that God would receive the glory that's due His name. The city seemed to be forsaken. That God would remember them, His people, and His promises. The name Zechariah means that. God remembers. When we feel forgotten, just be reminded tonight that God remembers God knows us and our need. As we think about this, God was telling His people, though they'd been through some very dark and difficult days, the best was yet to come. With God, there's always a path forward. With the promises of God, there's always a future. I think of life, and some of us need to consider this tonight, about where we go from here and and what God is doing in each of our hearts, there's a future for us. So many times people cast their lot with this world. Think about where this world is headed. There's no real future with this world. This world is headed toward judgment. Why would we cast our lot there? God and His people were headed for deliverance. God is with us. The best is yet to come. So if you're there tonight, torn between two decisions, just wavering back and forth, wondering this day whom you will serve. May the Lord help you to lean to Him, into Him, into embracing His promises in you and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God helping me, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor the Lord I may have 
be, become weary in well-doing. I may have wavered. I may have faced a lot of challenges. But that's then. This is now. I'm glad God's working with us in the here and now, aren't you? So many of us are living in our past if we're not careful. And God wants us to live more in our present. And what will bring us out of our past into our present is knowing that God is not only with us, God remembers us, but God has a future for us. We can trust Him with that. Therefore, we're free to enjoy today, the moment that is before us. So many times we're worried about the past, we're worried about the future, when we should rest in the Lord in the present. God remembers us. And so the Lord is rehearsing to His people some of the things that they've been through and how the prophets were sent by God, the former prophets in verse 4, to call their fathers back into the Lord. And, and we read in verse 5, your fathers, where are they? Now they've come and gone is the thought here. They, they lived and they died. And the prophets, do they live forever? Wow, even they lived and died just like you and me. We're living here tonight. And one day, our life will be over. And people will be saying, hey, where's so-and-so? What happened to so-and-so? Oh, I remember so-and-so. Think about it. What God reminds us of this evening is the importance of the message over the messenger. God uses His servants. The God's Word, God's message is of primary importance. Because we live and die, we come and go, but God's Word and His message remains constant. Oh, if we could see that anew, we have an opportunity to share in God's message to this world. What God is doing in this world through the local church, that's the way God has ordained. God has designed that His work go on in this life. And as we consider this, I think about this exhortation in chapter 4 where we read in verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. It's not something, our service to God, that we do in our own effort or energy. It's something we do in His mind, His wisdom, His strength, and in His power. God is able to help us to finish what He has begun in our, our lives. Philippians 1.6 says that, that if He's begun a good work in us, He will continue to perform it and complete it bring it to full circle as it were, doing all that God desires to do through our lives. If He's begun a good work in us, He will complete it. He will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so think about that. In verse 9 we read, The hands of Zerubbabel hath laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. God is able to help us to finish what He started in us. And then, as we consider this, look over in chapter 7. You remember a message I preached some time back entitled, Should I Do As I Have Done? That came from verse 3 here. They had been observing fast that God had not commanded. And so now they're wondering in this new realm of ministry, this new day of opportunity, should we continue to observe those same fasts? And God is saying to His people through the prophets, in essence, you know, I appreciate that, that which was sincere and well-meaning from your heart. But most things, if we're not careful, they tend to take on a form. 
and we just kind of go through the motions. And God is saying, it's not so much that I'd like for you to just keep that form or going through the motions without your heart thinking, well, we observe this fast and then the other and that makes us right with God. He said, let me tell you what I'd really rather you do instead of staying in that same mode. And by the way, some of us are in a mode and God in His kindness are, is trying to move us forward unto Himself out of certain modes in our lives. Even structures, I believe that with our church going forward practically, involving people, training people. What is that going to look like? Is our goal just to meet? And people say, well, he's just required us to be faithful. And I believe that. But then the obvious question follows. Faithful at what? Truly we can say faithful at serving him, doing his will in this day, in this time with the opportunity that is before us, stewarding it well, making the most of our opportunity. See, a lot of people, they think that they can serve God without God, so they're going to figure it all out, and here's what I'm going to do. So they leave God out on one side of the road. And then on the other, there are those who think, well, God's got it all figured out, and so if He wants it done, He'll do it uh, with or without us. So we're just going to kind of sit back and wait. Either side of the road. We're in the ditch. The Bible says we are laborers together with God. We must do everything we can and then trust Him with everything we can't. Do you see how that comes together? God has chosen to work in this world through His people, through the order, the structure of the local church. That's God's plan. That's God's design. And so God says, well, let, let me tell you what I'd really rather you put an emphasis on. Let some of that structure, some of that form fade in the rearview mirror. It just became something that you do because you have done it all along. It became just a habit. It started out well-intentioned, and it was from the heart, but now you're just kind of going through the motions. God says, let me challenge you to come full circle and put a renewed emphasis on your heart before me as unto me and before each other. So he says in verse 9, execute true judgment. That means to uh, judge true judgment. The thought there to vindicate or to punish, uh, to see what is right in the eyes of God and what is wrong in the eyes of God. Not in my eyes, my opinion, my feeling or my experience or someone else chiming in, but what does God say is right? We're going to judge righteous judgment. He says, I want you to show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. Isn't it amazing how many times if we're not careful we can get hard-hearted in church. Not we think of those who kind of get their eyes off the Lord, they begin to just turn aside and away from Him altogether and now they're kind of hard in their spirit. That not only happens down that path, but it happens down the path of those who just kind of get caught up in going through the motions without heart and then some beef, some grief, some disagreement drives a wedge and the next thing you know, there's division. If not outwardly, inwardly. So God says, show mercy, show compassion to each other. 
Oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. There it is. A pure heart toward God, a pure heart toward each other. I think about this so many times. God exhorts us. They refused to hearken. They pulled away the shoulder. They said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in that. They stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in His Spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as He cried, they would not hear. So they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. God is saying, now if you're not going to listen to me, the time will come when I'm not going to listen to you. Because I know it's not sincere. I know it's not genuine. It's like, well, I'll listen to you, Lord, and, and, uh, and I'll do what you say up to a point, but it's always going to be on my terms. We don't come to God qualifying our service to Him. I'll do this and this, but I won't do that. We come to God in full surrender, or we don't come to God at all. Remember the prodigal when he came back home? He came back home, the father ran to him and he said, Father, I have sinned in thy sight and in the sight of heaven. I have sinned and I am so sorry. I mean, do with me what you will. I mean, if you would just uh, give me the, the food that your servants eat, I mean, wh whatever, I'll take anything because I have so sinned and I'm so truly sorry. He didn't come back and qualify what he would do or not do. Isn't that right? See, there has to be a full surrender. Some of us, if we're not careful, we'll say, oh yeah, I'll do this, Lord, I'll do that, I'll do the other. And God says, well, hey, that ought you have in your heart towards someone, I want you to get that dealt with too. Well, you just don't know what they said. You just don't know what they did. You just don't know how they hurt me. I'm not minimizing the depth of our hurt or our disappointment, but I'm going to tell you, there's nothing so hurtful and so deep that God's grace is not deeper still. And God wants to deliver us oftentimes from ourselves. We become our own worst enemy. We are the ones who just simply, continually can't get over things because we cannot get over our pride. We cannot get over our anger, our resentment, our bitterness. God is trying to deliver His people Reminding them that it's a heart matter. I want you to have all of my blessing in days to come, but you've got to come to the end of yourself. You've got to humble yourself and repent and start anew. Now let's be reminded tonight, God doesn't owe us that, but aren't you thankful He gives us that opportunity? What will you do with that opportunity to begin anew with the Lord? Just write this down very quickly. God wants us to remember tonight, number one, our days are numbered. You're not going to be here forever, neither am I. I attended the funeral recently, the home going of Charlie Marshall, 86 years old. Clyde Ebern was 92 years old. John Haley went home to be with the Lord. He was 78 years old. The prophets, do they live forever? They live and they die. And as God's servants, 
live and die, so will you and I. Our days are numbered. Dr. Comfort preached for us, 83 years old. My father-in-law, 83. He was telling me about some of his pastor friends who lived into their 90s, but they're with the Lord now. I'll tell you, our days are numbered. There's a point where some of us, we're, we're tired. Let's just be honest. We're weary. We're just trying to go through the motions to get through another day, another week. And I do feel like sometimes that's the way it's been. And it often is when it comes to the end of the school year. If we can make it to Deliverance Day. See, the young people think, well, it's deliverance for me because it's graduation. And teachers are thinking, hey, it's deliverance for me because it's a three-month break before we have to do this all over again. Hey, I understand that. And so does the Lord. And there's a point to where we just simply say, Lord, renew me. Lord, help me because I realize that my time, my opportunities, they truly are numbered. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, as thy day, so shall thy strength be. Aren't you thankful tonight that God didn't say, as thy strength, so shall thy days be? I would have died a long time ago. <laughs> I've been gone long before now, but he says, as thy days, as long as I have you there, the measure of days that I've declared for your life, I will give you the strength that you need. Keep coming back to me daily, though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It's not how many days we live, but how much living we do during the days that God gives us that matters. It's not just our days that matter, it's our decisions. Because life is made up of such. Life is a stewardship. What are we going to do with our time, our talent, our treasure for the Lord? Number one, our days are numbered. Number two, our trials are many. Man that is born of woman is a few days and what? Full of trouble. Boy, that's true, isn't it? As with Job, when troubles come into our lives, may the Lord help us to trust Him come what may. Maintain our integrity and pray for our friends, keeping our heart tender before God. Praying for those who don't understand. Praying for those who despitefully sometimes attack us and falsely charge or accuse us. May we keep our heart tender. I want to tell you, that's something that will harden you before you even realize it. You're trying to do right. You're trying to give your all to the Lord. And the next thing you know, it's totally misunderstood or misrepresented. And that hurts because we're all human, right? So what do you do in that moment? You pray. You're not overcome with evil, but you overcome evil with good. Because that's the way we keep our own heart tender is through prayer. Let me tell you, somebody who's hard-hearted tonight... I want to ask you a question. How long has it been since you sincerely talked to the Lord in prayer? I'm not talking about you went through your devotions even. I'm not talking about you prayed, Lord, be with this family member, name the names. You went through your list. I'm just talking about from your heart. How long has it been since you actually talked to the Lord? True fellowship, true communion. I'll tell you, our days are numbered, our trials are many, but lastly... Our Lord is worthy. Just bear up under what God is giving you. Bear up under it in faith. Humble yourself before the Lord. Execute true judgment, the Bible says. Purpose that you want to do what's right and you're going to do what's right. You remember the story of 
Tabitha, also called Dorcas in Acts chapter 9. Uh, when she went home to be with the Lord, the ladies came and showed to, to Peter the coats and the garments that she had made while she was with them. If you remember, I looked that word while up, and it literally means a period of time. That's your life and mine, while we have opportunity, while it's yet day. We're living in the while right now. God has given to each man the space, a time within which to run a race, a moment of opportunity, a day to shine, a task to fulfill while there is time. However long this life may last, what we do with it determines what is past. From one generation to those to come, what we do while we are here will outlive us once we're done. Let me ask you tonight, what are you setting in motion for those who come after you? Aren't you thankful for those who went before us that prayed and gave us the opportunity that we have now? We've entered into their labors here in this local church. I'm thankful for Brother and Mrs. Sal Citro, what they set in motion at the shepherd's place. They set it in motion. God put it in their heart, and now it continues to this day. What are you putting in motion that God will bless and use? Your works will follow you after you're gone. What are you putting in motion now that others will be blessed? What wells are you digging that they'll be able to drink from? Lessons that you're teaching, whether you're a Sunday school teacher or a Christian school teacher, or whether you are someone that God has put it in your heart to preach or to write. I wish you'd pray for me. I long to write. I, I want to write. Because I read every day. <laughs> And I appreciate all the digital resources and the videos. But I'll tell you, there's just something about the printed page, isn't it? What are we going to leave behind for those who will follow in our steps? See, the prophets, do they live forever? No, they don't. They came and they went. You and I will come and go. What are we going to leave behind for those who will follow in our steps? We can't go back and start over and change our past, but we can start anew today and change our ending. The Christian life is a series of beginnings again, new beginnings, starting over. Every day is a new beginning. I wonder what God is dealing with you about tonight. And you say, Lord, there's some things I need to stop, and there's some things I need to start anew. Me and you, Lord, this between me and you. I want my heart to be right with you. I want my heart to be pure before you and others, Lord. Because wherever my heart is, ultimately, as I serve and as I go and as I leave this world one day, that's the effect and the impact it's going to have in the wake of my life. Will it be good or will it be bad? Will it honor the Lord or dishonor the Lord? One said this, what a man believes he practices daily. Everything else is just religious talk. There's some things that I think we all could be honest with ourselves and say, I talk it, I intend it, I mean well. But some of it, I just need to be honest with myself and say, Lord, it's time for me to stop this and to start that. And by your help tonight, that's what I'll do. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. 
The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.